Welcome to season four of Flop Stars. I'm not giving the usual spiel this time, but it's episode four of this new season, so you should be caught up with what we're doing right now. Yeah. I'm still Sam Murphy. With me is still Nick Kelly. Yeah. yeah. But instead of looking back, we're looking into the future. This season, we're going to deep dive on an artist who has flopped in the past and envision how they can avoid a flop in the future. We're talking dream collaborators, perfect album titles, and the sound they should go for. This week is somebody who is very familiar to our Flop Stars audience. We are going to turn our attention to Lady Gaga, who, before you get cross at us for calling us a flop, I think we could say Chromatica was pretty good success. She got a number one single with Ariana on Rain On Me, also won a Grammy for it. But after Rain On Me, she just seemingly forgot about the project (laughs) basically doesn't exist in Gaga's world anymore and as a result she kind of pressed self-destruct on the album so today we're going to envision a campaign where she is putting her full energy into it and having a real genuine comeback and we're not talking a jazz album although god bless Tony Bennett May he keep his good health. Um, the other we, week, uh, I turned on the radio and they were doing um, a bunch of Tony Bennett's greatest hits, like just get r- rattling off a bunch. On what radio of, station? On the ABC, because I'm apparently 75 okay, years old and that's say. what I listen to now. But um, they were rattling off Tony Bennett songs, and I was like, "Oh my god, he's died!" I was like, "He's dead." That was my first thought. No, it was just his birthday. But that was my first... Just his birthday. It was just his birthday. But that was my first thought is that... He what had... hits does he have? I couldn't tell you one. Well, they Not played that Ladies I want to take away from... With... Um, with Gaga. Gargs. Yeah. But the, I don't know. The rest was all just him rattling off old crooner tunes, you know? I feel like... Tony Bennett wasn't known for particular hits. He was known for his style, you know. The for smooth, covering. Yeah. 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 The, We've lost that art in music, I think. Oh, we truly have. You don't, you don't give a good cover anymore, do you? Oh, look, really? look unless it's the remixes of the remix of Fleetwood Mac Dreams that I'm flogging on the radio every 80 minutes or... Um, oh, my God. The, the My new favourite one is the remix that we're playing of... Um, Talking about here now, here now, I go, I go, I ne. We're playing a <laughs> remix of that now. So look, the cover the cover is that still there. That song has to have some roots to it that make it inappropriate to play on radio. <laughs> That's what I would like say. remixed by some white Swedish man. I'm <laughs> surely. Well, this is the thing. It's it was originally re, it's a remix of the remix. So the remix that we're playing is by a guy from the Solomon Islands called Justin Wellington. So he gets away with it. Okay. But Fast. then yeah. it's remixed by a white man called Digital Farm Animals from the no. UK, ah. and that's the version that we're playing. So it's a Did bit Digital farm animals is one man. I think so. I'm 99 percent sure. Let me using his digital power to multiply his farm animals. <laughs> <laughs> digital farm animals is um, Farmville, basically in music. Okay, yeah, oh, no, which looks... is perfect because yeah, it's one guy, Nick Gales, his name. Good name, Nick. Didn't Gaga like roll out some of Art Pop over Farmville? So it's a perfect segue. <laughs> Or born this way. There was some album where she had a Farmville activation, I'm sure. Farmville was definitely anyway. Yeah, Farmville was more. Yeah, it probably would have been something to do with art pop. Anyway, we'll discover that later on. Maybe that can be put into some of the. Before we get into um, our Italian New Yorker, we've been away for three weeks, have we? Which we probably said Sorry. we wouldn't do, but we've been <laughs> living life. By life, I mean 
living in our respective rooms, not going outside. (laughs) Um, So we've got quite a few tunes, big tunes to get through this week to discuss, to play a little game of bop or flop. We're editing this in just for full disclosure. (laughs) We may sound a little bit different. It's about a week and a half after we recorded (laughs) this episode, but... We had some editing issues and some laziness editing issues. Editing issues. <laughs> issues. What are the great I'm trying to be as transparent as possible without forgoing our professionalism. It's here. been a long day. We've had no editing time. <laughs> we have been flat out, run off our feet. Um, so, <laughs> running so. around like a blue ass fly, as my mother would say. <laughs> So we've regathered to record the first part of this. So you're going to hear us chatting now, which is the present, and then you will hear us edit back to the past, which is when we recorded our thoughts about where we think Lady Gaga is going in the future. So you're getting all the all the tenses here, which is quite exciting, I think. And a real I also love that we recorded the Gaga portion without knowing that there was a remix album coming as this podcast episode drops. Um, which yeah. I just think is perfect. Like, once again, we've manifested without even putting the episode out. So let's get into the bop or flop segment and talk about some of the other new music that's graced our ears. Exactly. And this is the exact reason we've had to re-record because the songs we were talking about are almost three years old now. (laughs) So we've had to update with some new ones. I'm very sad that no one will get to hear your thoughts on Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club by the Beatles. (laughs) Well, we are doing the Beatles as our next um, The Future Flop Stars episode. So you'll get to hear about where we think the Beatles, who now have two dead members, are going with their next album. Wait, two dead members? Yeah. Isn't it just one? No, John Lennon and George Harrison are both dead. I'm oh, sorry I didn't know to be George the one Harrison to inform, <laughs> inform you of that. I'm going to Let be... me give you a moment to process that. I'm sorry. May he rest in peace. Rest well. It's very me Father, walking Son, into Spirit. the apartment and going, Bianca, Donna Summer's dead. <laughs> when? <laughs> Seven years ago. <laughs> That's incredible. Anyway, bop or flop. The first one is Casey Musgraves' Justified. Really happy to see Casey back. I think the thing with Casey is, like, regardless of what direction she decided to go, it was going to be good. Um, Of the two new songs, and it's interesting, I really like the vibe she's going for with this, and I like the kind of Romeo and Juliet um, sort of theatrics about it all. I really like Starcrossed. I think, you know, you know that I don't generally gravitate towards ballads, but I just think it's just so perfectly done, and it's once again a showcase of just how good a songwriter she is. Um, But there's something about Justin you know, when it kind of picks up towards the end as well. Um, I really like where it goes. I really like the direction that she's going in. And, you know, I think there would have been a temptation with Casey's next record to maybe go in a bit more of a sort of mainstream pop direction. But I like that she's kind of kept it stripped for now anyway. Um, yeah. And interested to see whether this might be sort of like a solar power Lord style situation from a sonic perspective. Ooh, um, controversial. I know, but I feel like I will like it more than solar power regardless. So um, overall, Without it being a proper bop, it's a it's a light bop for Casey Musgraves, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. 
I the first time I heard it, I was like, mm, this is kind of disappointing. Like Golden Hour is is very luscious and um very almost psychedelic and it's got this immediately calm presence to it. And it's difficult to hear her in a totally different headspace getting her divorce coin. But um <laughs> as I've listened to it more and more throughout the week, I'm now obsessed with it. I love it. I'm definitely giving it a bop. And it's giving me like jewel vibes, like jewel or like Yeah. What is like some of those like early two thousands like country pop crossover queens, which I feel like is almost where she was she was going with it and she definitely yep. gets there it's one of those songs that just kind of lingers under for a little while and then something clicks one day and you're like oh my god it's amazing so I i've think just got she's... a vibe that this is going to be a modern day classic this record that she's building towards there's just something i hope so yeah but she's, i also feel like critics are very like ready to tear down people this year it feels like everybody who's had some <laughs> critical success in the past it's like this year nah <laughs> you get nothing so good luck to casey she's walking into an army but um <laughs> hopefully she will <laughs> she will prosper the next one one that we've talked about on this podcast and we and we pondered what her next move after mira would be sigrid's burning bridges Definitely going in the direction that I expected um, for this, but not setting the world on fire for me. You know, it's a classic, good kind of dance tinge pop song. Um, but there's yeah. something about the Sigrid direction at the moment that's just not particularly exciting for me. I think the first what is coming. It though? It's, I think it's just the fact that it hasn't really progressed and it doesn't feel Maybe like there's it. a story to go with it either. It doesn't feel like there's any kind of compelling reason to you know, become invested and become a super fan. And, and that's really difficult at the moment because there are just, there's just so much good music and good stories out there that I think just a great song. And it, and it is a really solid pop song, um, but it just seems like it kind of melts into the background a little bit. So I'm going to, unfortunately, and I never thought I'd say this about Sigrid, but I'm going to go flop for Burning Bridges. Ooh. You are saying she hasn't progressed, but I did notice over the weekend at Reading Festival she was wearing quite a um, glittery blouse, which is definitely Ooh. a progression from the um, the one color t shirts that she was sporting on the first <laughs> album. So there is progression. She she is gently nudging her way towards being a pop star. When and she's not 93, just a horse girl from Sweden. <laughs> exactly. I think this is a slight step up from Mira. Definitely mm. a little bit bolder, a little bit gutsier, but I agree with you and maybe it's not far away enough from the last album to get really excited about. I guess when you think of like where Dua Lipa went from the first album to the second album, it was like there was a real progression. I'm not really seeing it here. We're not asking for melodrama to solar power, but we're asking for like something in between, you know. Yeah, give me a but reason have to have music hopes. out. Give me a reason to go along the journey with you that's more than just good songs. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm still going to go bop, but I'm I'm not overly excited. I'm just just being positive. Yeah. Uh the next one is Halsey's I am not a woman, I'm a god. I just think the way that Halsey continues, and I think this is the perfect answer to what we were just talking about, the way that Halsey continues to reinvent herself and the way that Halsey continues to craft new kind of sounds that haven't really been done in her world is quite phenomenal. Um, It's definitely a jarring listen on first listen particularly, um, and I think that, that kind of goes with the whole album, but... 
it's an absolute powerhouse of a song. Um, I think the the idea of teaming up with Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross is is so left of centre, and they haven't really put their teeth into a pop project in full, pretty much yeah, ever. Yeah, never. Um, and so for them to kind of the cosign that comes with this song and and with the record at large is is phenomenal in itself. But I'm, I'm not going to make it about the men that she's teamed up with. You know, they have created a really special thing here, um, and yeah. I really I, I love the kind of the statement that the you know, that this track makes and that even just the, the title makes in that, you know, Halsey is an entity now rather than just a, you know, a human. Halsey is a, you know, is a vessel um, for, for something more. And, you know, I think I think to put this out, you know, as, as they put new life into the world, you know, with popping a human out as well, it just feels like Halsey's like kind of levelled up. Um, and the song's an absolute yeah. anthem. So yeah, it's an absolute bop from me and probably one of my most, probably one of the most impressive songs of the year, I think. It's such a ballsy move from her. I've always viewed for a long time Housie as one of the kind of like pop girls that I just felt like would follow trend to trend and kind of nat- like grab at whatever radio hit was available. But I saw this transition on the last album, Manic, where it mm. seemed that she was delivering a more complete statement. Never in my wildest dreams did I feel like there was a like Beyonce moment coming from Halsey where she was going to deliver this visual album with this really cohesive statement and and particularly with the two collaborators that she's brought in but it just shows that maybe she knows exactly who she is as an artist now and where she's going and also I think this song proved that proves that she didn't have to completely ditch the pop thing to go with um like Reznor and and Ross here and I, I think I think it's a really clever song, this one. There's moments on the on the album that don't hit for me quite as hard as this one does, but I think this one is the perfect, like, um, melting pot of pop music and the the um, influence of the collaborators. So I think she's bang on here. Boom. Boom. The next one is, uh, I think I need um, help with the pronunciation of this unless I'm just overthinking it, but I think it's Bank. I think it Mine, is Bank, yes. Feet Cub Sport. There you go. Um, just a beautiful, and, and I have no idea who Bank is. Just a full disclosure, no idea who Bank is, but obviously have a good idea yeah. of who Cub Sport is. Um, and kind of went into this, I, I'd heard a few Bank songs and, you know, hadn't been particularly won over, but I'm kind of understanding what Bank does now when, you know, yeah. it's just a really lovely, luscious kind of song. But I think where the, the win is for me here is the songwriting. Um from from Tim and, and Sam and I think, you know, it's just a really beautiful, luscious kind of um, sentimental sort of moment and, you know, I listened to it in the car the other day up loud and it's quite intimate and intricate and, um, you know, still an anthem at the same time. It's still got that really strong hook on it, um, but it's quite delicate at the same time. I think it, it rides that line really nicely. Um, so, yeah, it's a bop from me. Well done, Bank and Cub Sport. <laughs> Yeah, I also have no idea who Bank is <laughs> and how Bank is getting these collaborations. But um, I'm assuming it's a he from what I've seen in the press pictures. Yeah, but, I believe a male um, producer. Yeah, so I first got onto it with the Tanache collab a few like months ago, oh, yeah. which is which is one of my like most played songs at the moment. I've been absolutely rinsing it, and then to hear him giving this beautiful like pulsating bed for cub sport to just like run wild with and deliver this really nice pop moment and i think i've been waiting for cub sport to go 
back into this really dancey kind of arena. Uh, it's definitely a bop for me. Well done, Bank. Bang. Whoever you are. <laughs> a Kiwi, Kiwi producer who first found fame on Hype Machine. A quick oh, Google Kiwi search producer. Will tell me. Yeah. But oh my I think, gosh. Like, Kiwi born, but like quite, you know, everything's done out of LA kind of energy. Um, okay, yeah. Fleed. Seem to be fleed the case with New the Hype people. Yeah, fleed. Fleed like a sheep. Um, Final one is a, a song that should be a, an anthem for this season of Flop Stars. Kim Petras' Future Starts Now. Ah, oh, she wrote it for us. It's one of the great sinks. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I, I still find Kim such a difficult artist to, you know, separate the art from artist and the whole Dr. Redacted situation is very confuse, confusing. Yeah. Really great piece written by Richard S. He on, um, on Junkie about the Dr. Luke problem. Um, yeah. that's, that's worth very a read, by pace. the way. Very, very, very Notice good on pace. this um, single, Dr. Luke is credited as Dr. Luke, which um, hasn't happened on all Kim Petras releases. So. What's the, what are the, one of the many names he's used? Timmy Tyson Trax. Trax. Tyson Trax. Yeah, Tyson right. Trax and Made in China. Made in China was the one that appeared on a lot of Kim Petras releases, but it seems we've all enabled him enough that he feels free to run free again with his... Real name, and by real what name, a world. I mean first pseudonym. But first. <laughs> what an absolute dick. Yeah, I, I'm, I'll never give a Kim Petras song a bop until she does away with him. And I yeah. think there's been some interesting discourse around whether Kim Petras kind of ena- was the first enabler of Dr. Luke, and people have argued that she doesn't have enough of a platform to do so. But this is like an artist who particularly in the circles of people who really follow pop music from move to move, they know who Kim Petras is and they know who she, who she's working with. So yeah. I really think that she is the root of like him getting a platform again. Not I agree. that it's entirely her fault, nor should we be blaming Kim Petras for his behavior, but there's got to be some kind of some level of accountability at some point. So hands down, the future unfortunately does not start now. It does not start now. <laughs> it's really, it's really tough. And I've been having the same conversations about Kanye um, because yeah. I, I actually quite like Donda, um, and I found it really, really difficult the whole separate art from artist kind of thing. But if you wanted to be yeah. very, if you wanted to be completely objective with Future Starts Now, it's great. It's a great song. But you can't be. And this is the thing. I really don't think... I think we're now at a point where we can't just continue to do the separate art from artists thing because it enables people too much. You know, the the, the plaudits for good art enable people's future too much. And, and we've yeah. seen it continue to happen. And it, 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 we do have a personal responsibility as music fans and as, um, you know, I don't want to call us gatekeepers of the culture, but like people who, you know, people who give a platform to great music, I think it's very difficult conversation for us to have about separating art from artists. And I think we have a responsibility to, to fellow music fans to not enable people who've done the wrong thing. Um, and so Absolutely. for that, don't listen to the Kim Petras song. Yeah, very well said. And I think there's this whole thing about cancel culture and 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 whether it works or not. But I feel mm. like when you're in this position, like this goes beyond cancel culture to me. 
And there's like, been no accountability it, over so no. many years of her collaborating with Luke. There's been no accountability. She refuses to talk about it in interviews. She's, mm-hmm. I will say happily on this podcast, she's the worst interview I've ever done. And she's completely media controlled by the people yeah. around her and, and just refuses to have the conversation. And yeah. that is where that is where the line is drawn for me. If you're refusing to have the conversation or refusing to be accountable, then I'm not willing to give you a bar of soap, which is why step we've just up. spent four minutes talking like, about say, it. If you're going to work, if you're going to work with him, step up and yep. be like, no, I actually believe his story. I've spent a lot of time with him and I exactly give me say. one way or the other. Be bold. Yeah. Be because honest. otherwise you are working with somebody who you think is an abuser. Anyway, yep. <laughs> The future starts now. The future of flop stars starts now. <laughs> we are going to push you into the segment we recorded a few weeks ago without the knowledge that the Chromatica remix album was dropping, but it is dropping this Friday and it looks very good. And um, good luck, everybody listening to our past selves. <laughs> we will now pass you over to Nick and Sam. <laughs> And we're going to move on to our artist-specific flop segment, as it says on the run sheet, which, of course, is Lady Gaga. Yes. So we've kind of talked a little bit about why Chromatica was a flop. It was. It came at very unfortunate timing for her. And it did, and it did do well, as we said, that she got two top ten singles off it, I believe, in the US. Um but the campaign just kind of fell short. And it's a shame because she had some huge things planned for Chromatica. Mm. Obviously, the MTV Awards were going to be a much bigger deal than they ended up being. Um, the Oreo rollout kind of fell flat, but <laughs> it was I imagine it would have been something quite big without the pandemic. And she was also going to do a surprise set in the dance tent at Coachella oh, the weekend so that good. Chromatica was dropping, which would have been mind-blowing, considering the last major pop star to do that was Madonna with Confessions on a Dance Floor. So, like, it would have been great. And it was this big return to dance pop that everybody had hoping that Gaga was going to do for a while. And I feel like, like, my opinions on Chromatica is that she was very successful in doing that. It's just... Whereas Dua kind of had the steam to keep pushing future nostalgia through difficult circumstances, Gaga took a step back and was like, there's bigger things going on right now than my silly little pop album. Yeah. Which I would have liked to see her push it a little bit further. I think it's a difficult one because I think a lot of it was circumstantial. Because if you really think about the timing of it, I mean, it was to the point where we literally had two albums, you know, that were moving dates, two of the biggest albums of the year that had their dates moved because of, yeah. um, you know, this, this pandemic that was just starting to pop and just starting to appear. Um, I assume you're talking about Gaga and Sam Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even. Oh, <laughs> uh, God, poor Sam. I just think, yeah, I think, you know, all those great rollout ideas like the, you know, like the Coachella moment would have been a moment and those moments really spike a great album campaign. And I think whilst Dua was able to reinvent, you know, the rollout so perfectly and really pioneer some stuff, I think Gaga struggled with it. I I think a part of what Gaga struggled with for this, yes, was circumstantial, but I think a part of it as well was 
Gaga's approach to releasing, particularly in the last set of 10 years, has been so era-based and not been this cohesive kind of career. It's been very, here's my jazz moment. Here's my, um, you know, my avant-garde moment. Here's my, I'm going to go and do a movie now. I'm going to put out ballads from the movie and that's going to be my hit for now. Um, I'm going to put out one individual pop song in The Cure and just not anything else, and that's it. And then, and then it's it's been this okay. Now I'm a pop star again, kind of thing. And yeah. I think people now people kind of saw it as being a a sort of you know a shade of Gaga, if you will, um, and, yeah. and potentially not as I don't uh, not not as believable. Whereas Dua, yeah. for example, you know I think as well because she's in the infancy of her career. You know, and she hasn't the legacy of, of Gaga. Doers felt yeah. much more like she was embodying this chapter of the future nostalgia yeah. chapter. And I think that allowed it to, to be a bit more drawn out than Gaga's, which felt like a bit of a blip in her career. I mean, Dua needed future nostalgia more than Gaga needed Chromatica, you know? Yeah. Like, she was heading off to film her... House of Gucci movie. Yeah. She's always got lots of things going on. Whereas Future Nostalgia for Dua was kind of a make or break moment. I don't think Chromatica was a make or break moment for Gaga. And I think mm. it's position it's put her in a good position. Um, but it's certainly gonna register as a blip in the kind of timeline of her career. And now I feel like we're in very muddy waters this year with Gaga. She's got the jazz thing going on. She's just done the Born This Way 10th anniversary. She's got the Chromatica um, remix album coming. And she's got House of Gucci being rolled out as well. Yeah. There's a lot. There's too much. Again. (laughs) So, like, I'm thinking about how we frame this album in terms of when we would expect Gaga to have another pop album because I don't think she should leave it long. I'm feeling like this time next year. Yeah, I think that would be probably ideal because I don't think we've got the patience again. I think particularly in this musical climate, we don't have the patience to wait um, that long again. But that said, knowing Gaga, she'll wait. She'll wait a long time. She will. She'll (laughs) learn. And none of it's ready to go. She seems to be the most undeterred bar, maybe Lord, the most undeterred by what people are saying online because... This Chromatica album that everybody, Chromatica remix album that everybody seems to know about, yeah. she did not acknowledge until <laughs> what last week. Yes, exactly. <laughs> she yes. just pops online, gives her two cents, and jumps off. And she kind of can, you know. At the moment, she she yeah yeah. I, I think she's able to kind of tap in and out when it suits her. Um, yeah, such as being a top tier pop star. Exactly. All right, we're going to play our um, producer generator game. Great. Or collaborator generator game. So it's if you have just joined us for episode four, one, you should catch up. Yeah. Two, I am going to pull some names out of a hat, not a literal hat, a digital yeah. hat. And Nick is going to tell me whether he can see Gaga working with these people or not. Bring it. Are you ready? The first one is The Kid Leroy. Oh, that's a fascinating one. So, of course, we're talking the, you know, arguably the biggest artist in the world right now from a singles perspective. Um, Yeah. 
kid who's going to, you know, create a very big legacy in his own world. Yeah. Kid who's finding his way around working with massive artists and artists with legacy already. But when it comes to Gaga, I just can't see where or why. I can't see the why yeah. in it, you know? And I think very much she's she's very much her own person. And I think he's very much his own person. They're very unique yeah. individuals. And I don't I don't know if it would be too much of a sort of clash of personalities. So yeah, it, it's not gonna work in my mind. The only thing I could hear them on is like a Joanne style ballad. Like guitar led ballad. Yeah. Other than that I just can't hear it. Nor yeah. can I see the reason for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a okay, good then... point. Because they've got... I suppose they've both got very unique vocal tones. So I sort of could see that working. But I'd much rather like a Gaga Sam Smith moment. You've got Sam Smith on the brain now. Um, <laughs> I could see that working a little bit better. Someone that's got really good vocal control, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The next one is somebody who would be extremely controversial if he popped up on the production list for her next album, Jack Antonoff. Oh, the only pop producer in the world, if you ask most exactly. people. Well, she has no choice. We're, we're talking about it as if she has a choice, but That's she right. doesn't. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, she just... will be locked in a cabin in upstate New York yeah. and she'll and I be welcome making this. a Carol King record. There's no other, <laughs> no other choice she has. <laughs> I... <laughs> Another tough one. And another tough one because I don't know what era I want her to go into. I don't know what sound I want her to go into. But maybe yeah. that's the perfect reason to get Jack in. If she doesn't know what era she wants to go into, if she doesn't know what she wants this record to sound like, Jack is the perfect architect of, of making that possible. Um, you know, yeah. could, it, could it be Lana uh, style? We- could it be Lana and Lord style or could it be like a big... I think people would be so pissed off if Gaga did a Lana or Lord I agree. style album. They want dance pop from her. Like, can Jack give her that? He's had some pretty like magical moments with Taylor, but I would call them more like 80s leaning pop, not yeah. like dance pop. Jack doesn't strike me as the kind... I, I think the best club producers and the best dance producers are people who know what it feels like. In the club. Yeah. And Jack's a little nerd. And I don't think he is a big club rat and knows what yeah. it feels like to, you know, to dance in the club and to be at a club. Um, yeah. You know, he's more put the kettle on and strum a guitar kind of vibe. <laughs> so it's hard. If we want a dance pop record, no. If we want something experimental again, then maybe there's a glimmer of hope there. Yeah, Joanne can call Jack, Gaga can't. Yeah, Joe Calderon might be able to call Jack as well. Yo, <laughs> it's Joe. Yes, yes, bring Joe back out. That's bring... exactly what we need. Maybe that's what we need. A we Joe need a whole Joe Gaga album. concept record. Yes. <laughs> well, you, the rock dog, would be very there for that. So I would be so there for that. Yeah. Get Kid Leroy on one of the ballads. It'd be <laughs> magical. Magical. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next one is Kim Petrus. Yeah. Yeah, if we're going for dance, let's get Kim in there. 
Let's get Kim on the yeah. co-write. I think they've got unique enough sounding voices that they could be on a record That's together good. and sound unique. Let's get and Dr. Redacted in the mix. Dr. Redacted <laughs> would have to be there. It's by law. Uh, somehow. Some sort of law. Uh, yeah, I actually really like that idea. Um, and that's kind of, uh, you're playing in the area of my, uh, of my, uh, song. Of your first single for her. My first single. So we'll get back to that sort of in the same era, but yeah, I could see that working. Yep. Okay. Great. Lock it in. Cool. Okay. The final one is AG Cook. If we're doing another art pop, get AG in. But I yeah. don't trust AG just to make good dance pop, you know, pop with, pop with that pulsating kind of feeling to it, that yeah. rain on me sign from above kind of vibe. So no, I don't want them working together. No, you don't want another art pop. No, exactly. Okay. All right. That's good because I feel like we're going to go down different routes with what we want from the album. So do you want to just, like, what's your dream era for a next Gaga album? Like, are you thinking, like, crazy shock tactic Gaga with a dance pop bass? Do you want your Joe Calderon <laughs> concept record? Yes. I want avant-garde kind of energy around her, but the music to yeah. stay familiar and yeah. the music to feel very visceral and clubby. Um, so you feel like she was on the right track with Chromatica? On the right track, but there's some tweaks that I'd make. I think she needs to up the ante on the shock value again. I think the yeah. meat dress kind of era in terms of her presence as a celebrity needs to return. Let's get the vomit chick back. She Absolutely. can have a vomit on her again. Let's bring back all of that. Th- the theatrics. And, you know, Gaga's yeah. camp as hell. I think the theatrics weren't there with Chromatica. And they can absolutely yeah. return for whatever this new It was definitely flashy, is. but the shock tactics, yeah, weren't weren't there as much as they yeah. were. And like we're not doing we're not doing first single video filmed on an iPhone this time. We're oh, doing things a little not. bit. Leave more. that shit to Selena Gomez who can just sit in front of it and oh have my, a winch. Yeah. Not for not for Gargs. No, I want Gaga filming on a Samsung Galaxy instead. <laughs> At least one of those like Facebook things that move around the kitchen as you talk <laughs> to it. Oh, God, <laughs> kill me. Uh, I think, I think as well. Yeah, I, I think up the theatrics. I think a bit less. I felt like the world was really there. I don't think it needs to be a world. You know, Chromatica was obviously, you know, a literal planet and it came with, yeah. with its own kind of world and story. And I don't like, I don't think the story needs to be there this time. Yeah, I don't need a story. Just give no. me good records and give me a, a present current celebrity, not a celebrity who's in 2091. Give me a celebrity who's in 2021 and yeah. a bit more present and a bit more, you know, media friendly and, you know, Keen to talk about the record as well. I think she did about five interviews for the whole of Chromatica. Um, you know. Do you think she remembers making it? Do you think she... Fuck no. <laughs> no idea. And that's why she can't talk about so, it. So, if somebody gets this album and they're like, this is the sister record to this Gaga album, what's it the sister record to? Oh... Yeah, good question. I, look, I think it can be the sister record to Chromatica still. Okay. And I think yeah. it can kind of complement Chromatica quite nicely. 
um, but almost feel like the, you know, what Chromatica was meant to be kind of thing. And then Chromatica feels like the more avant-garde, you know, experimental version of what this actually yeah. is. I think, you know, while I want the, the theatrics and, and the personality around it to be quite experimental and theatrical, I want the music to still be based in something familiar and still be based in, yeah. in something quite sort of straight down the line um, with a few, you know, a few edges and a few weird, you know, weird interlude moments as Gaga will always have to do. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of what where I see it happening. And I've got a massive list yeah. of producers, but, you know, we'll save them for the song battle because I must win the song. I must win the first single battle this you week. You must win the song battle. Yeah. Well, it's good because I feel like we're going very different directions. I want a sister record to Art Pop. Yeah. I want it to be tinged with experimentalism but still have, like, big pop moments I'm feeling like Italian disco influences like really ham up on the disco thing in the wake of House of Gucci. Not yep. that she doesn't already do that um, <laughs> to anybody who's asked. She yep. is Italian. Um, yeah, and that's the way. And and I really want her to buy into like that heavily like aesthetic shock value kind of world because I think we're ready for it now in a way that we weren't ready for it in the art pop era. Yeah. Like when you think of some of our biggest stars now, I know we like, we talk about Doja Cat all the time on, on this podcast, but like when you think of that, they're leaning in kind of quite a bizarre direction. I feel like there could be some space for Gaga to do that kind of thing. And I, I, I do think Chromatica was right for the moment that it arrived, but I think, yeah, I want something in between art pop and Chromatica, something that just like blurs the lines and gets, even weirder. I think the better. So I guess we're both going opposite sides of Chromatica. Yes. You're going towards Pluto and I'm going towards Earth, you know? Yeah, exactly. Isn't that a great analogy? <laughs> I think just quickly on the Chromatica analogy. front, um, I think it served such a good purpose at the time because of the context of the world. Creating a world to escape to was, you know, it wasn't obviously what she had initially planned. Um, but yeah. it ended up being the perfect timing <laughs> to escape to another world when you didn't want to be really on this did planet. Really did didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. This is a game called The Biggest Hit You've Never Heard. So Nick and I are going to come up with our dream comeback for Gaga. So just the, one, just the first single. And we are going to give you the title, the producer, the vibe and the length. And then we will battle it out for whose is better. The twist this week is that we've got a third person involved because Jono, who regularly gets a shout out. Friend of the show. show. Friend of the show. Full name, Nay Jonathan Roberts, um, (laughs) who lives in London, is a big little monster, huge little monster. He even messaged me asking me what I thought of the fucking jazz song the other day. I was like, (laughs) you and the 12 other people who have listened to it, I'm sure enjoy it. Um, But he's given us one. That he, he's given us a first single that he thinks should happen. And I think he thinks he's going to wipe the game with this. So should Do, we leave him till last? I think we leave him till last. Yeah. I don't okay. want to ha- I don't want to challenge him. Um, okay. I want you to, I think I went first last time. So you go first. <laughs> Shit. Give me your. <laughs> I'm so put off after my one from last episode. I was so embarrassed by it. I couldn't even listen to it when I was editing. We it. need to back ourselves here. We need to go in, come in strong, back ourselves, even if you hear a better idea, and then we decide yeah. objectively. You know, I, I won't ridicule you for your decisions. 
All right. So as I said, I really like the idea of there being an Italian. Im- and there were rumors like surrounding that she was kind of recording a bit of an Italian disco record while um, she was there for House of Gucci. So I would like her to go back to the producer that she had for Born This Way, which was Fernando Garibay, who did like some of the weirder moments like Americano and stuff like that. Yep. I would like her to just go with like the kitschest Italian name, like Chow or something for the title. Chow. I want Giorgio (laughs) Moroda to also be on it, like the kind of Italian like synth disco king. Um, and I would like it to have quite a, a dark atmosphere to it, or, or almost like a take my breath type beat in the verses that explodes into this very like heavily orchestrated, um, luscious chorus where Gaga gets to play like quite a Donna Summer disco-esque character. But there's also something a bit darker to it. Like I'm thinking a little bit of like Daft Punk, um, What's that album that was good at the time, but now everyone hates it? Random Access um, Memories? That one. Yeah. Take the best bits of that, the like most throbbing disco moments from that, not Get Lucky style. Um, yeah. But like some of the dancier moments to that and just really like distort it and make it weird. I want her like giving us random languages at the end, a la Born This Way. Yeah. That kind of style. And I'm picturing like bleached eyebrows. Um, the wig from like the GUI video clip just really ham she can arrive in the club on a horse she can be draped in the Italian flag I don't care just like draped in the Italian flag go full camp actually you work in the video with your um, moustache right now so you can have a go too yeah I'm going very Pablo the vibe is Pablo Escobar that's the energy I'm serving at the moment oh okay sorry (laughs) but no it also more Italian Disco club king, but um, it's yeah, Pablo Escobar meets Maradona. Okay, perfect. Yeah, you're back in the clip, then. Thank you. All right, so that's my that's my one. Oh, and the um, good. I think she can give us a she can give us a club edit that's like four minutes and fifty, but then we can also get a three minute thirteen radio edit. Got you. Yeah, yeah good. I'm glad there's radio edits available. Um, and the radio edit is just the deletion of the random languages at the end. That's all yeah, that's that needed because that goes for two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, interesting. It's the Duolingo of pop songs. I see your Italo disco moment. Yeah. And I okay. raise you something with some modernity to it. Yours is steeped okay. in this 70s and 80s pastiche of a world gone by that... We just don't exist in anymore. Oh my god, we're getting I didn't realize this was a debate now. Do I I'm bringing us to the present, you see. <laughs> I'm bringing us to the now. Oh so, here's my idea room. Uh song's called The Sign, by the way. A la Ace of Base. The sign. It's called The Sign. Yeah. And, you know, what it kind of Have you not done this before? I swear you've done it The Sign before. No. No. Maybe not. If I have, then Carry on. I still stand by it. Multiple yep. artists can have a song okay. called The Sign. Um, yeah, you're just selling around the same idea. And the vibe of The Sign, like, lyrically, is, like, it's her seeing the light of coming back from Chromatica back to Earth. 
and coming back to the now yeah. and, and coming back to not being in this escapist world where everything's amazing, but being in this yeah. world of sort of, of where things can be bad and, and where she's got to yeah. face her demons and face her fears and the sign that she saw on the planet Chromatica to come back to that world. I am enlisting an all-star cast, but what I think Ooh. she needs to get rid of some of the dag and the... I, I don't think Gaga's daggy, but there is a sort of... Uh, I feel like there is an air of, you know, eras gone by to the Vintage, way that she releases yeah. music. Yeah, it, it all feels a bit yeah. too traditional. You know, Gaga's not having a TikTok moment, and she should be. So I'm enlisting the help of Salem Elise, who is the artist behind oh, wow. Mad at Disney, um, but yeah. also one of the biggest TikTok songs the last couple of years. But also, <laughs> she wrote Bella Porch's Build a Bitch song. Uh, Bella Porch being the biggest influencer on TikTok, that also released a very good pop song a couple of months ago. Um, yeah. Salem's also got a, a song called Ben and Jerry out today. She's very brand focused. You know, she knows the brands that the young people care about. <laughs> I did think that when I saw that. <laughs> yeah, she's very into. So anyway, I'm bringing I'm bringing Salem in because she is able to write for other people, and she's actually very good at yeah. writing for other people as well. I'm bringing along the journey, um, her boyfriend, whose name uh, Bendik is his name, Bendik, and they make all their music together. He's a fantastic producer, okay. very diverse. Very capable, yeah. but I'm also going to bring in two dance producers to help out as well. Actually, let's make okay, that three. That's what I was missing. Yeah, right. so it's not just going to be a, a kitschy so kind of Corey, Swedish pop Jax song. Jones and <laughs> Sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> I am very proudly bringing in, first of all, DJ White Shadow, who's worked extensively with Gaga in the past, knows what she likes, knows how she likes the studio, knows what kinds of, you know, drinks and snacks to have available. You know, he's sort yeah. of the, well, the studio manager. In this, in this in this yeah. session, excuse me. I will also be adding into the mix Fred again, because he knows what it takes oh, to move a club. He knows yeah. how to get the dance floor going and how to translate that into the studio. He also knows how to play with vocals in a really interesting and unique way, and take you know phrasing yeah. and, and stuff that we wouldn't expect and turn that into something. And the final piece of the puzzle from a production perspective is I'm going to get Lido to come on and do some additional production. Oh, shit. And just quirk it up a little bit because I think what Fred and, yeah. and White Shadow will do is kind of, you know, they'll make quite a traditional sort of club record, a really pulsating dance pop record that will work. Yeah. But I think to just give it something unique and just give it a little bit of extra zhuzh, let's get Lido in the room um, just to give it a bit more of a, yeah, just a, just a slightly more alternative edge. The original version... Wow, of that for- is a wild... <laughs> It's cool, isn't people. it? But it will, it's going to work. Um, in terms of the of the video, a lot of product placement. I want her back to like you know, beats. <laughs> yes, beats. Get pill. those beats headphones. Absolutely, in there. <laughs> no iPhones though. Yeah. Just beats headphones. Um, yeah. Let's get let's get product placement in there. Big bold colors. I'm talking big bright pinks. I'm talking bleach blonde hair. Her eyes edited yeah. to be as blue as the ocean. I want Cory yeah. that's better, not Joel Cory. I want Cory that's better than the <laughs> Cory in the um, in the Rain on Me video. Um, you know, oh, the Cory on that's pretty good though. Yeah, it's pretty good, but it's not good enough. So I want better. Okay, well, he's hard. Hey, I'm going heavy on this. I'm going hard. Okay. Um, so I want all of that wrapped into, and the song is going to go for seven minutes fifty in its original formation. What? 
7 minutes 7 50. minutes 50 Obviously 3 minute 30 radio edit available on request <laughs> But it goes to 7 minutes 50 She doesn't start singing until the 1 minute 45 part How are you going to get Salam Alisi to write for 7 minutes she and 50 seconds She's, ha- she's never written a song past 2 minutes <laughs> You're not wrong. It's in the production, <laughs> though. You know, isn't okay. it? It's in the it's okay. in the it's in the production, and that's what's really going to extend the life of the song. You know, the writing's not going to be particularly lengthy. Um, so yes, that is my song, "The Sign," co-written by okay. Salem. I think we both have pretty good ideas. I agree. Yeah. But are we? Would you we've agree? Gone hard. We've gone hard, and we've put our best foot forward. It's one of our better weeks. All right. So I'm going to play this. I think it goes for four minutes and 20 seconds. Pardon? <laughs> four minutes and 20 seconds. Okay, I'm here for it. So strap yourself in. Right. Are you ready? Yeah. Get a drink or something. Um, oh, can you hear him? Um, oh, no. What have you done? What have Hang you on. done? I'm just going to edit this in anyway. Just but... weighing in on the Gargar episode. Um... Mostly because I threatened to end me and Sam's friendship if you did a Gaga flop size episode and I wasn't featured. Um, so bullying works basically. Um, but I've got two two ideas. I couldn't settle on one, so I'm going to give you two for Gaga's next record. First one, title. I'm doing the record right. The single. So the single first single is going to be called Disco Is Dead. I think, Ooh. you know, the double Ds works quite well. Ooh. Five minutes long, but three-minute radio edit. Oh, we're all and on the radio. the vibe edit. is it's going to be produced by Nile Rodgers, who she's worked with before. Oh. He loves her. And it's like a disco funk sound. Yeah. Um, similar to, like, Summer Boy and Disco Heaven from The Fame. Criminally oh. underrated tracks, I think. Oh. Um, so it's going to be like, you know, her disco pop funk soul era maybe there's a ballad on that album you know it's quite like solely um it's called like disco is dead ironically you know because obviously like disco tinged um record the reason for this is really selfish i love summer boy disco heaven records like that but also that donna summer was a lockdown savior for us and i feel like the campness the gay icon status that donna has um it's just something that Gaga can lean into. Um, you know, I want something like MacArthur Park vibes, like really dramatic. Oh God, Doesn't wow. really make sense, but just like absolute bop. Fall to the floor banger, as you guys would say. Um, also, some <laughs> Tina Rogers said that um, Gaga was like super respectful, which was like not how Madonna was or something. Um, maybe Ooh, Google that for the actual quote, dang. he said, um, in case the Madonna stands come for me. But my <laughs> second single, I think this one could be a winner, to be honest. Oh, not shit. to toot my own horn. Second single. But that was pretty good. But the next one is going to be called Bitch, I'm Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Same as me. <laughs> Holy shit. The shit idea. It's going to have, um, like, sampling Bitch, I'm Madonna. <laughs> um, and, like, feature snippets of, like, Donatella Versace's 73 Questions with Vogue, um, <laughs> produced by Mama and Papa Dolmio, you know, Dolmio sauce. Dolmio. <laughs> I think we'll just bring some really sick beats and a vibe. Um, it's one minute 28 length, you know, really short. One twenty eight. Oh, Slam would be good on that one. Um, and I... 
for this single, I would love her to say like "oppa" or somewhere. That's great. You know how she in Shiza she says like I don't speak German, but I kind of um, if you like, Opa. and then just says gibberish uh, in a French accent. That's a vibe I want. I want, um, you know, like Greek vibes. Uh, in Greek vibes. Um, maybe in the music video she's making a Greek salad plates <laughs> and just like <laughs> is um, waving a Italian and pride flag around <laughs> another Italian flag disco is dead is you know more of a serious um, <laughs> serious one and bitch on Italian is you know even more serious um, could work in the house of Gucci um again because her italian accent is so good in the house of gucci maybe she can bring that to the song um but anyway that is my premise for gaga's next era um but also just on disco's dead era actually i want to make it clear that i don't necessarily want like you know the don't start now or kind of like say so you know disco tinged pop i I love those songs i kind of want you know, back to her fame roots where she did Summer Boy and Disco Heaven, like really leaning into like funky disco pop side. Anyway, I'll stop rambling. Um, but I hope you like my suggestions and thank you for featuring me on your pod. Um, and say hi to the Southern producer for me. Wow. Okay, first of all, fantastic contribution. Bravo. Thank you, yeah. And we encourage your contributions at any time. Maybe we'll start posting who we're doing. On Twitter, <coughs> and people can actually make the contribution. We should do that. Maybe we'll choose episode. more than five hours beforehand. Yeah, it's and people can submit. It's a possibility because that was very good. I'm, I'm, I'm not sold on the, um, <laughs> the Italian. Uh, what was the Italian one called? Bitch, I'm Italian. Bitch, I'm Italian. I'm not <laughs> sold on bitch, I'm Italian. Produced by the Dolmio Mummers. Oppa. Just because I feel like they're out of business, you know, they've done their bit. <laughs> They're not, they're not here. To, they're kind of of a Tony Bennett age. Yeah, they've retired. Um, but the disco is dead idea is great. I feel like disco is dead is a great synthesis of both our ideas. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, feels, it feels like a solid undertaking. However, I'm still most Ooh. attracted to your idea. Mine out of all four presented today. I thought you were gonna you were gonna stick to yours. I was like, wow, you're really on your BS. I I'm now I'm now you know personally I, I'm now going to be rioting the streets if the album doesn't sound the way that I've now envisioned it. However, I really like the way that you've crafted your concept, and I think that that would set the stands alight, but also manage to make it onto the radio as well. So. I just think an Italian disc, the Italian disco sound is one that, you know, like everyone's bringing back disco, but that one yeah. hasn't been tapped into yet. So I would quite like to hear it. Yeah. Anyway, there's some Agreed. great ideas that we'll forward them on to her record label and just let them pick CC Salem um, and Joel Corey just so they're across and sweetie sweetie must be across <laughs> and sweetie yeah we've made a, cool, we made a third of an words. album with that we did <laughs> at least an ep yes. <laughs> the bitch i'm italian ep yes. <laughs> released you, when you buy a movie ticket if you buy the large popcorn you get the bitch i'm italian cd <laughs> in, in the in your little house of gucci popcorn <laughs> When you're allowed to return to the theatre, of course. Oh, yes, I miss the theatre. Oh. Um, we've managed to give you more than you paid for again because we are 
up to the hour, which we actually haven't been doing recently. Jesus, that was But um, I think we've made it pretty clear what we want Gaga to do. Yeah. At the end of each episode, we usually say, what artist's career should they be looking up to? But I mean, when you're at the Gaga point, you're hardly going to be like making a mood board with oh. Doja Cat on it, are you? No, exactly. I like the Doja Cat, um, the amount of Doja Cat that's made it into the last couple of episodes as well. Um, She's my way of keeping up with the kids, you know. I know Doja <laughs> so Cat. So relevant. I know, say so. <laughs> Back to my Natalie Imbruglia. <laughs> Back to your little, your light guitar pop you go, my friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I think we've got a couple of, of era options there. And I think we've done probably our best job of actually planning out a full kind of era rollout vibe world campaign. Um We've we done well, do. and we've been right on so many things. We yeah. we said the vibe of solar power. Um, we said we wanted some sadder moments on there. There was. Yep. We said Charlie should do a Joel Corey moment. She um, has. Last week we did um, Brittany. She has not returned yet, but she is posting nude pictures to Instagram. Yeah. Which I feel like is kind of where we were going with it. Girl so, boss stuff. Um, Girl boss, yeah, Britney's new album, Girl Boss. Real Girl Boss areas. <laughs> Buy it now on her Etsy store. On her Etsy, exactly. <laughs> well, well, the cat's more present than our silent producer this week. <laughs> she might be have a threat and she might have a threat. New silent producer. <laughs> well, except this producer says words sometimes. Say some words into the microphone, please. Please say something. Oh, I heard her purr. That was yeah. quite pretty, actually. She's got a very pretty purr. I feel like you could hide that in the background of solar power somewhere. Yeah. Very earthy energy. Mm. Put that somewhere. Very earthy. We're all very earthy. I'm going to go and um, put solar power on and sit in my room. And, and I'm going to go and ignore it. With the elements. <laughs> You're going to ignore it. Yeah, I'm going yeah, to pretend it doesn't Only exist. Only so you can form an opinion on it at a party. That's yeah. completely... <laughs> I'm going to go and listen to Out Out. Again. Yeah, you should. I might do that too. <laughs> leave us Joel. leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and also follow us there or on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back with another one very soon. And we'll both post on Twitter who we're doing next within the next two days or something. Yes. So and if we'll, you want to send in anything, you can. We'll give you option. You can either send us like an actual just word tweet or, or you can send us a video... Um, and yeah. we'll play that. A video is a bit useless because you won't be able to see it. Yeah, but, but we'll play the, we'll play audio. the audio from the video. Oh. Goodbye. Why not just do a voice message then? No because you can't do voice. Oh, you can do voice message on Twitter. Everyone has unlimited data. Still, it's not. Okay, that's, sorry, that's a good point. I should be more inclusive. Um, you should be. Yeah, it's a very good point. Also, I don't think you can <laughs> leave re- privilege. I don't think you can leave reviews on Apple Podcasts anymore. I can't find a review section, so you know. You can't. Well, that's good news for us because we weren't getting any, so now we don't have to feel bad about it. (laughs) We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 